I know guys that work on ships like this, you know? They see us, they get bored, they're just letting off some steam. What? They rescue us from the sea and then they just hide for fun? Yeah. Well, what's your theory? I don't know, but I'm, but I'm not in shock. I'll be in the ballroom. I'm getting off this ship. Jess, fuck. Don't you, don't you see that this is all just in your mind? Jess, ships don't just magically appear out of nowhere. They have skippers. I mean, in your world right now, maybe they don't. My world is waiting outside school for his mother to pick him up and talk to me about my world. Welcome to The Secret Cinema, the film podcast that takes it personal and makes it personal, with the celluloid touch of a cinephile. I'm Paolo Carone, my co-host is Carrie Chafee, and we're joined again by writer, director, and friend of the podcast, Tony DiBiase, to discuss Christopher Smith's 2009 mystery thriller, Triangle. I just want to give a quick warning to listeners, Triangle is more easily ruined by spoilers than most films, so if you haven't seen it and would like to, stop the episode now. Carrie's summary and our other sample are definitely going to give away major plot points, not to mention how thoroughly we're going to get into the plot in our discussion, so yeah, heads up. Also, since this is our 10th episode, I just wanted to quickly thank everyone who got us this far, including our wonderful composer Ricardo Ortiz, our fantastic guests Wade, Jeff, and Tony, and finally you, listener, for being the audience for our little indie podcast. Y'all are tops, and you teach us new things every day. So now then... Here's Carrie with the plot summary. Jess, a single mom, has a bad feeling she just can't seem to shake when she arrives for a party on her friend Greg's boat. Despite herself, Jess sets sail with Greg, Victor, Sally, Donnie, and Heather. Soon, the boat gets caught in a storm and capsizes. But ahoy! They spot an ocean liner approaching and decide to board it for rescue. Once aboard, Jess experiences major deja vu as she finds out that someone or something is on board, and they want everyone dead. So, in the clip we played at the opening of the episode, you can hear Jess, played by Melissa George, proclaiming her love for her son. Jess's love for her son comes up often, and the hope of being reunited with him is the character's primary motivating force. However, in the following clip, which takes place during the climax, a time-traveling Jess is confronted with the way she actually feels about her son. The sound is sort of weird here, because the perspective changes back and forth from inside Jess's house to outside, where the time-traveler Jess is eavesdropping. And just so you're not mistaken, the loud noise you'll hear after Jess says, Shall I? is a hard slap. Here's that clip, and we'll see you on the other side for our discussion of Triangle. Garden. I'm sick of telling you this, Tommy. I ain't buying you any more toys if you can't handle the ones you've got. Now what? Oh, I'll just clean it off, shall I? I 
why you can't paint a picture like a normal kid. You know, you get this from your father. He was an asshole, too. All right, so I've seen this movie before, and as soon as I saw it, I knew we had to cover it on this podcast. But Tony and Carrie, you guys hadn't seen this before. So what did you, I mean, when you came to this movie, what did you guys know about it? Um, I, the only thing I had known was what you had told me was that it was a movie that you wanted us as the viewers, Carrie and I, to have only seen it once and to have seen it fresh going right into the podcast. So I knew it was going to be kind of a mind fuck just from that, (laughs) I I assume. And then upon arriving today, you gave me a clue that there was something, some element of time travel to it. So that's the only thing that I knew going into the movie. All right, Carrie? Well, we, this was a couple, like a month or two ago, but we were walking to get groceries, and I don't remember why you watched this, but you were like, Carrie, I have to tell you about this stupid movie I watched. <laughs> and I th- the main thing I remember, I didn't really remember a whole lot about what you said the movie was about, um, except that Melissa George was in it. And the other thing I remember is you said that I would have hated it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so on that note, what were your reactions to it? Just your immediate, like, overall broad reaction to it. Uh, Tony, you go first. Um, <laughs> I feel like I Pressure's even, on. Yeah, I, no, I haven't even had time to process it yet. All right, really. Well, okay, uh, can I, can, we, yeah. I can summarize my thoughts in two words. Oh, brother. <laughs> uh, I... Uh, so, Paul always makes fun of me about this, but I have a thing with certain actors and actresses where I just really don't like them. It doesn't have anything to do with them uh, and their acting, but it has everything to just do with, like, their face. I just don't like it. Or their lips, maybe. I, maybe their lips, but I just don't like looking at their face. They never bring anything to the movie that I appreciate. For example, I really don't like Marsha Gay Harden. Okay. She really drives me nuts. But I also, I'm not a big fan of Melissa George. She, <laughs> I, I wrote this down when we were watching Triangle, but what does she bring to a movie? Why well, Why is she offered lead roles? I hate to be crude, but originally what she brought to a movie was her tits. <laughs> oh. Like, oh, man. And her, movies. her her boobs were all out and about yeah. during this movie. And yeah. they were looking good. Yeah. <laughs> they were looking really good. Like, she had the cleave. She doesn't even have that big of breasts, but she was working it. And, you know, I okay, I get that. She has, like, a, a, a pretty face, but... That's about <sighs> it. Yeah, I mean, it's not like she's a bad actress or anything. She's just kind of like completely tasteless for me. Yeah, she would do much better as like a background character. Yeah. With a she, little pizzazz. That's why she's yeah. really good in Dark City and Mulholland okay. Drive because you just focus on right. her face yeah. and then you know, she doesn't Ooh, carry the interesting. scene. Yeah. yeah, and also I think her typecast is someone you don't like because <laughs> she in Alias is the, um, well, okay, to get specific, she's Vaughn's wife when Sydney goes into, like, a coma. <laughs> Man, I have no idea what you're referring to. <laughs> I haven't seen you know, uh, I'm to get that far. Jennifer Garner, 
She is Sydney. No, I know. I just we didn't get that. I didn't get that oh, part. Oh well. Anyway, Melissa George shows up, and then the whole show just blows from then on. <laughs> it sucks. She was in the slap, which we watched the slap, and she's the worst character on the slap. She's yeah. the mom whose kid gets slapped. And she played that part in the Australian original too. Yeah, yeah. and and you know what? That fucking kid deserved to be slapped. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. I know that that's not. Well, actually, I, I mean, if you're gonna put it that way, she. Is one movie, one thing away from being typecast as woman uh, whose child is slapped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, snap. Yeah. Because nice. that, that happens in this movie. Yeah. All right. but, but really, before you get too carried away, Tony, do you okay. Yeah, okay, what sorry. Your overall view is? Um, I, okay, so in vain of what Carrie just said, I would say. Um, my initial reaction is just really tired. Ty- just t- tired from trying to figure out what was happening. By yeah. the end, by the end of it, I was just really exhausted. Not just like like physically tired with like watching it, but just like oh, I'm just tired. Why is this happening well, over and over? Stop yeah. it! And that's one of the issues I have with these types of movies is they make you think that there's gonna be this really great payoff <laughs> yeah, at the right. end, and exactly. so the whole time you're watching and you're like, I'm gonna figure this out. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna get you, movie. Right. You're not gonna tr- yeah. trick me. And then by the end, you're like so burnt out. Yes. And just frustrated, and there's never a good payoff. No. No, um, not even not even like in the in the plot, like a happy ending. Not even in that sense. But like I didn't figure anything out really, and it was. Just... And I don't think this movie figured anything. <laughs> I don't think, yeah. <laughs> I went into it thinking that it was gonna be like time crimes, and it is exactly like time crimes. Though time crimes at least gives you an ending that is. Something like the ending yeah. in some small way, and actually, Time Crimes was really. I remember all of us being super furious when we watched Time Crimes <laughs> because we figured it out in like the end of part one of the first like loop, and so we're just like, All right, now we just gotta do all this shit, god damn it! <laughs> and get through this, we have to watch the whole movie two more times to get to the end, but. I appreciate Time Crimes so much more every time we watch one of these movies, uh, in part because it ends in a way that's like, all right, we broke the cycle, but also because Time Crimes, based on its logic, makes sense. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is inherently logical, whereas a lot of these like time loop movies don't make a lot of sense. Yeah. They're just completely... Like, well, if you believe that a time loop exists, it's kind of like what we talked about with frequency, where it's like, suspend belief and right. there's no yeah. rules. It's there. It works. Yeah. But, um, okay, triangle. Um, I came up with kind of a list of problems that the movie inherently had for me. And it's not even just this movie as much as it's like movies about time loops and why they don't really work. And... One of the things that this movie really leans into, and I think is a really big problem, is it repeats scenes with the character experiencing that moment from a different angle. Okay, yeah. I feel like I watched this movie three (laughs) times. And I feel like they also shot maybe like 50 minutes of footage and then just cut (laughs) the 50 minutes so it's spliced together and it looks like she's not really experiencing it all at the same time. Yeah. Oh, that was such an issue. I mean, they legitimately repeated a lot of the scenes at the beginning over and over again. Yeah. Well, and, and part of that, I mean, 
if they streamlined it too much, there's already so little movie. So yeah. it's like kind of padding, kind of also just like place setting to be like, all right, here's a reminder of where we are in this because it is a mess. And I've seen this twice now. And so I was kind of able to make sense of some things that didn't make sense, but there's still a lot that doesn't hold up even still. It's uh, it's redundant while still not being airtight. It has yeah. room for scenes that add nothing but doesn't have <laughs> scenes that would explain other things. It's, yeah. Yeah, here's a great question. Why is this happening to Melissa George? Yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I keep what, what did she, I mean, besides that she's a shitty mom, yeah. why is this loop happening to her? Well, okay. Um, the one thing that it seems like in the movie that... I guess explains it is the record, the skipping record. Yeah. When she, after the, after we go through the initial, like they get on the ship and everyone gets killed and she fights bag person and she walks <laughs> in that room the and there's, there's that record skipping and she like resets the record and there's that like visual skip where she's walking away from it and, yeah. and the image skips and like slightly oh, just right. a couple seconds yeah. back. And that's when, like, the second loop on the cruise ship starts. Yeah. But, other than that, the record doesn't seem to matter at all. So, it's, like, it's really hard to say why, like... Well, and I don't think the record is why it's happening to her, because because she was already a duplicate. Yeah. Yeah, no, and so that's, yeah, there's no... See, that's where, for me, the movie, like, really fell apart, was once she... Gets herself off the... Okay, well, so when she is washed up on shore, you figure out that... So this was what? So it takes her back a day prior, or basically to the beginning of the day, yeah, right? Yeah, Like a couple hours earlier. So I kind of thought, like, the whole idea was, like, the cruise ship or the yacht or whatever the, uh, was, like, a vehicle for this time warp. But once she's off of it, it's still going on. Like, when she kills the bird and everything. Yeah. So, it was just like, well, what the hell is the point of this? Yeah, and that's another reason yeah. why it's not the record player. But, yeah, like, yeah. what is the time loop? <laughs> exactly. And, what is setting it? And the, I guess, and the part that really drives me insane is that at some point, she just gets amnesia for the <laughs> whole plot to work. Yeah! That was another problem I wrote down is... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is the character doesn't learn anything from the experience that we watch her go through for the entire movie. Right. Yeah. And, like, it literally does. It just has this... Because uh, when, like, the first time she gets on the ship and everything, she does, she has that moment where she's like, I recognize this. But she doesn't recognize anything else. She's scared about what's going on. And she has to, like, learn the, what happens in the loop through the first and second time so that she can beat it the third. Uh, which all implies that she has never experienced this before. And in the end, when she gets her kid and gets in the car accident, part of me was like, oh, maybe I didn't remember this from the first time. Maybe when she gets in the car accident, she gets amnesia, and that's why she wanders into the taxi and ends up, and she's confused. But, I don't know, it seems like the way they direct it and the way the writing is, they're clearly emphasizing that she's like, she sees her dead body right. and her son's dead body and then gets into the taxi. And then when she shows up and meets, uh, well, sees Liam Hemsworth, 
uh, and talks with him, she, it seems like she's aware and she's like not just like amnesia because it's not an amnesia thing. She's because that's why she answers like, "Oh, my son's in school." Yeah, she, she just realized he just died. Yeah, she she didn't go like, "I'm not sure" or anything <laughs> like that. Like, if you had amnesia, um, you wouldn't be automatically right, depressed. Right, you'd be like, hmm, "I just can't." I may, was I drinking last night or something? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, she. So she must get amnesia when she gets on the boat and takes a nap. But, again, why? <laughs> like, how does that, like, that's, like, just very convenient. Exactly, it's not. Yeah. It's not logical. Yeah, it seems like she still remembers when she arrives at the harbor because she hugs Rag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she says... I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. In it's, her wispy, stupid, yeah. pathetic voice. <laughs> so Has pathetic. that like thousand yard stare out into the ocean. Yeah. yeah. Also, I realized that Rag looks just like Jason from True Blood, who is also Australian. Oh. In case, okay. In case anyone watches True Blood, which I know you I don't. don't. I don't. He's if, the brother. I wonder if it's the same guy. We should have looked. No, it's not. Right. It's definitely not the same guy. And but, there was... um. Well, this might get too complicated, but there was like, okay, so there was the idea of, that I thought of like every third loop, she started figuring something out almost. Mm-hmm. Because remember, she saved, I think the redhead's name was like Lucy? Or, oh, Sally. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Okay, so when she, when they first get shot at by the bag person, the husband and the wife both get shot dead in the theater. But then there's yeah. the next one, she saves her and then remember, then Sally finds all her dead bodies. Yeah. So it totally breaks the, how are you figuring things out, but then how is this going back? Yeah, well, and that whole that whole middle <laughs> right. section, let's just talk about the middle yeah. loop for a second. And, okay, and just for some clarification for the listeners, the kind of rough structure that we're talking about <laughs> is in the beginning of the movie, it, at the opening credits, we see a little bit of Melissa George with her son, and then there's the, the she gets to the dock, and she doesn't have her son, and she's dazed or whatever but she gets on the ship uh we get some basic chit chat with the other characters they get on the boat the boat gets capsized they end up on the cruise ship and then they get on the cruise ship everybody dies and after melissa george but everybody dies by being murdered by being murdered <laughs> everyone is murdered uh, by not the, everybody dies by everybody's the, murdered everybody's except murdered for by heather Heather. Oh yeah, Heather, yeah. Heather just drowns and is never thought of again. Yeah, Heather just absolutely drowns. I but- think I realized halfway through the second loop that the only reason Heather exists is to create the illusion that Heather might be on the cruise ship. Yeah, yeah. that, that right. definitely yeah. seems that way. Yeah. yeah, otherwise Heather serves no purpose. Nope. She's like the romantic tension. But anyway, yeah, I, I totally agree. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But um, after Jess, um, after the bag person murders everybody else, Jess knocks the bag person off and the record skips. And then we start loop two. And loop two, I noticed after when she skips, after the record skips, she walks out. The ship is inverted. That's the very first thing they show is that she's standing on oh, the other right. side yeah, and I the boat's approaching well. it from the other side. And so they're clearly trying oh, to say, like... Oh, I didn't like, notice that. Yeah, they're clearly trying to do something that, like, the rules are different this time. Yeah. But, I'm, okay, in the second loop, I guess the key thing, besides um, the fact that slightly different things happened, which ultimately seemed to be part of the loop anyway, seemed to at least be part of the greater loop, uh, during that... There are these things that will just be like. First, she goes into uh, Melissa George goes in the locker room, and there's a bunch of scraps of paper that she wrote the same message on. It looks like there's like sixty or so of this 
this piece of paper. Yeah. And then at one point she looks in the grate, and down in the bottom of the grate, there's tons of her necklaces. And when she like sees it and reacts, her necklace falls off and joins the pile. <laughs> And then there's that moment with Sally. There's so much of that of piles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> piles of things to show but, that she's done this multiple times. And then Sally's body. Sally crawls onto the huge pile of her body, which is like a really cool moment if it doesn't yeah, make any sense. Yeah, that does look really cool. Yeah. But so so with those three things, and I mean, those three things are there, but I don't really remember anything else doing it. Like, it's not like everything there's is a lot. There's a lot of like the blood trails and... There's the um, seagulls at the end. So, yep. Yeah. Well, I'm, but I'm just saying, like during loop two, during oh, loop just two. loop two, there's not. It's not like it's a, an element of the world where like the whole thing's falling apart. Oh, and there's yeah. Because like, uh, there's a lot of props. Yeah, you're right. And so. people that could loop. Sally. I mean, Sally's not the only person who dies, but Sally's the only person who has like tons of bodies. Mm-hmm. And there is that blood, but it's not like there's just like a blood trail and another blood trail and another blood trail from all the different times mm-hmm. people did it. It's like very selective. And so it, it's it's clearly being done for a purpose to show that this is a loop, but it's like half-assed. Yeah. They like don't do it enough to really, uh, like they're like, well, you get the idea. Here's and, three times. And I had a real... <laughs> freeze, comedy, yeah. <laughs> I had a real issue too with location because I could never really tell... Where on the boat she was. Yeah. At any given moment. Like, okay, I knew what the theater was like. And yeah. I knew what the ballroom was like. But anytime they were in, like, hallway or a room or out on the, the yeah. deck, I was like, I don't know what floor she's on right. or where she's facing or who, what's happening nearby or anything like that. And the, well, the and they had that one repetitive shot of, like, running from the blue underbelly into the golden area yeah, and to the yeah. red, or to then to the green or something like that. Yeah. yeah. That was crazy. <laughs> another thing that this... Okay, so I wrote another problem that this movie has, and I, this is another, like, time loop problem, is the main character who's experiencing the time loop they spend so much time explaining that the character is in disbelief that this is happening to them. Right. Yeah. Like, there's so much time wasted trying to tell the audience, oh, the main character can't understand why this is happening to them. Yeah. Well, okay, we are the audience. We also don't understand why yeah. it's happening yeah. to them. You don't need to waste time talking about it. Just, like, move on. Yeah, because we're in the or same that position. Or if you're, if you're going to write it well, write the disbelief into the events that are happening. That helps me think of the point I was going to make, which is that none of the characters are developed. Our internal game yeah. on this podcast yeah. of name character <laughs> traits are real. I mean, granted, people do have more, like, traits than usual in these movies that we talk about, but they're still very broad. Like, Sally is uh, a redhead that is, <laughs> seems, like, preppy-ish, or, yeah. like, a... she's got that yacht outfit. Yeah, totally. she's a yacht outfit. And so that, like, there's, like, the... Holds her friend to high standards, doesn't think this girl's good enough for him. Yeah, yeah. But then, once they're actually on the boat, it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> exactly. anything they do set up doesn't... Yeah, because Sally anything. gets murdered, like, almost immediately. <laughs> yeah. Well, and on top of that, too, um, on top of that bad writing, the fact that almost the entire movie takes place on the cruise ship... And the cruise ship, like you said, as a location is never properly established. We never <laughs> understand the geography of it. And we don't really get an idea of the mood of it. Like, it really, it seems like it could have been anything. Like, you could practically just, like, it's a big... It could have been a hotel. It's a big warehouse, right. yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it like you just like find a different way to get there. But yeah, they just like they're like, all right, it just has to be a place, <laughs> and they're in that place, and it's yeah. isolated. Well, and at the beginning of the movie, when she goes to the harbor and she gets on the boat and blah blah blah, and that blonde, uh, the blonde uh, rag guy, he, I'm just gonna stick with calling him Rag. Because I know his name's, his character's name is Greg, yeah. but it's who not like cares? Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's like, they can't, can't, I, the married guy, his name was Danny, but I kept thinking they were calling him it, like, is Donnie. It? Yeah, I, thought I thought it was, it was Downey. Yeah. Downey, yeah, Downey. No, I think they all just had it's Australian Danny? accents, and their accents came out when they were pronouncing oh, names. Oh, wow. Yeah, it did Greg seem like that. Greg and Danny. I, there was one, but one person who pronounced Danny and I was like okay Danny because I wrote it down I wanted to know what the characters names were and then poor Heather who gives a shit about her she talked about undeveloped characters well never has a character died not only so unceremoniously (laughs) but to the point where nobody else cares in the movie yeah including the people who like really should care I mean we got like one shot of Sally crying yeah and then after that it's like whatever like her husband's eating a banana on the cruise ship he's like like, yeah well my wife's friend just got just drowned. No big deal. Yeah, and her actual death was just extremely anticlimactic. Like yeah. you just kind of see them struggling, yeah. but you can't tell what's going on. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I really thought that Sally died. Even having right. seen this before, I was like, which one of them dies during the scene? It doesn't look because well, it, like, does, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, and like you point out, Carrie, she's wearing a life vest too. <laughs> so oh, yeah, I, I, forgot. I don't even know how that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, she does. Well, another problem with time loop movies like this, we kind of mentioned this before, but I want to give a name to it. I want to call it the Expecto Patronum problem. <laughs> Expecto- nice. You pulled out a Harry Potter All right. Okay, do you I'm remember? I'm so proud of you. Well, <laughs> and I hope I pronounced it right. Was that? Yeah, that's for that's What's good. the actual pronunciation? Oh, man. Uh, I think, actually, I think that's exactly what it is. Right. Expecto, Expecto Patronum. Okay. Well, yeah. like, I, I, and you gotta do the, the wrist yeah. movement. Well, and the only reason I remember is because Prisoner of Azkaban's the best of all yeah, of them. Yeah, it's true. Alfonso Cuaron, that's yeah. what you get when you hire him. But, um, okay, the reason I call it that is because every time Luke movie has it, and Prisoner of Azkaban's the only one where it's, it works for me because Prisoner of Azkaban is 100% fantasy. And so you don't, it doesn't matter if the rules are like kind of weird or whatever. Yeah. Because every, like there's a tree that eats people in Prisoner of Azkaban, yeah, right? That's true. So it's like, well, who do, why do I give a shit if the time travel isn't perfect? <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's perfect enough. It's pretty good in the book. Right. Yeah, and there's the, it is. Yeah. That is very true. But yeah. specifically, do you, do you see what I'm getting at? Yeah, the Expecto yeah. Patronum, how yeah. he's the one that actually casts the Expecto Patronum. And when they're like, how did you know how to do that? And he says, I saw myself do it, and so I knew I could do it. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Close the loop. But and yeah. in, in Harry Potter it works because... The it's, characters are self-aware. They're self-aware. It's an element of the story. Mm-hmm. So we're not just that's like, all right, when are we going to get to this story, point? Right. But in every other time loop movie, and this is definitely part of the problem we were saying with time crimes, is that once you figure out that you're in a time loop movie, then it becomes a countdown to when is this going to get solved. We know that this or person has seen this like... person, so eventually this person is going to have to act those things out. Mm-hmm. And that is so dull to watch. <laughs> like when you, you've seen it happen oh, yeah. to both, like you've seen it on the receiving end and you've seen it being happening to them. And so the only thing that changes is a person gets into the mentality where they do things and you can't really 
film a shift in mentality, especially yeah. in a movie that's like a puzzle well, film trying to hide in a slasher movie. They're going to take time to do that. One of the things I wrote down is this movie is its own spoiler. <laughs> because, yeah. yeah, you're exactly right. Once you know it's a, a time loop movie, you're seeing things that are going to happen in the next loop. Right. So you and know so you're not, like, okay, yeah, yeah that, I, now i got to wait for that to happen. And that's another problem I wrote down is they make callbacks or the loop items so obvious. Like yeah. the, the thing with her keys where yeah. Melissa George, she finds her keys on the cruise ship. <gasps> Maybe Heather's on the cruise ship. Oh, in the next time loop. She drops her keys. Yeah. Like, it's... Who gives a shit about her keys? Nobody! It doesn't even matter. Like, the the key thing doesn't even matter. They should have made it an element that at least matters to the story. It's just supposed to be a little spooky. Well, and when I realized she was in a loop, I wrote, okay, Melissa George is in a loop. I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. Nothing about this movie made me care that she was in a loop. Yeah, well, and that's... that's, I'd say the biggest problem with any thing that is a perfect loop like this um and and, and we should talk about predestination after this oh, yeah. I, feel, I feel like predestination kind of circumvents this but the problem with a movie that's an infinite loop especially a movie where none of the characters are developed and it's, it's more about the plot and the structure is that yeah once you know that it never ends it will always happen the same way and the same things are going to happen and these characters aren't interesting it becomes just an object it's not a thing yeah. you can relate to it's not a thing yeah. you can be like what would I do in that situation because you're like oh it doesn't matter if I was in that situation because if it's I was in that situation happen. I'd be trapped in it forever <laughs> yeah. well like, and the other thing that the another problem with time loop <laughs> movies is that they uh, propose the idea that if you are in a time loop, you will make the same decision every time. Yeah. That was the problem with this movie. At least in time crimes, I don't think that it works that way. No, well, in time crimes, it's basically... The brilliance of time crimes is that the guy, the very first time through, it is a mystery. And once the guy gets in the second loop, there is a scientist who basically says... Listen, there is a way for you to get out of this, but you have to do specific things. And then yeah. the rest of the movie is him doing those things, but it's a goal. He's like, yeah. all right, I can... Well, so- and there's consequences to the things that he does. Exactly. And actually, Time Crimes... Time Crimes is like Groundhog Day in that way. And Groundhog... This, yeah. Every time we do a time travel <laughs> movie, we always refer back to Groundhog Day. But because it resets and he keeps reliving things, but eventually the loop breaks. And I know there are different types of loop, Groundhog yeah. Day and Time Crimes. But the key is that there is a means of progress or there's a means of studying the character's psychology while trapped in that loop. Yeah. Because in Time Crimes too, he does essentially get a little demented from the experience. Oh, yeah, because there's there's some sh- some crazy stuff he has to deal with, if I remember correctly. Oh, yes. I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. I've never seen that. Yeah, Although, you see time crimes. Okay. Oh, it's all right. I mean, we've, we've <laughs> definitely spoiled a ton of it. Okay. <laughs> already. But um, the reason we wanted to bring up predestination... Oh, yeah. Um, Try Did not, you see I that? I have not seen that oh, yet. God. I, okay. I really want to. Man, oh, is man. it good? We I can't even talk oh. about it. Well, I'll just have to put... I'll put some well, notes how in good the is it? It's... I heard good things, but I I, re- I liked it. Okay. It's a loop. It's well, a loop movie. Hop, right? yeah. Okay. yeah. It's a loop movie, and it's really good because um, what it does is still interesting separate from the time loop. Okay. Like, the time loop is a very 
key part of it, but there's other elements that are emotionally well, and intriguing. Well, I would say that, I, okay, so I like Ethan Hawke, but I would say that one of the reasons that Predestination is so successful is because there's one performance that's excellent. Yes. Is it the girl? Yes. Okay. She... It's a perf- It's one of those roles that... Um, it could have like, easily ruined the movie. It's oh. an almost uncastable role. Oh, it's, and, cool. then, and they get somebody who not only is like perfect for it, is the perfect type to play the role, but nails it. Nails cool. all of the emotions that are required <laughs> of her. And okay. Yeah, Sarah Snook is the actress. Sarah uh, Snook. Oh man, but, uh, she yeah. kills it. So yeah. She's one of the only reasons to watch that movie. Yeah, and Ethan Hawke. And, and Ethan Hawke. Besides them... I mean, there's not really too much to the movie besides, like, their conversations and what happens. Well, if you had a good point to relate it, go ahead. That's okay. I mean, no, it's I might just, even forget. Nah, you no, wouldn't. you wouldn't. It'd be no. impossible no. to forget. And Is it, like, a it's, huge It's twist? a huge spoiler. Okay, yeah. yeah. all right. So we just won't yeah. say anything. All right, <laughs> thank you. Sorry. No problem. <laughs> Pretty good. Okay. Also, I do want to talk about this because... I, when I was doing research earlier, I discovered that the director, whose name is Christopher Smith, a wonderfully generic name, um, <laughs> Christopher Smith said that is he... Is he Australian? I believe so. I mean, Yeah, presumably. makes sense. Okay. I, sh- I should have looked a little harder. <laughs> but, uh, Whatever. But Chris Smith said in an interview that this was his homage to... The Shining. Uh, well, specific to Dead of Night. And oh. actually, this might, he might be a British director, because Dead of Night is the British movie I told you about that I saw this weekend. I actually just oh. saw, coincidentally, saw Dead of Night That's on weird. Saturday. And Dead of Night is this, like, 40s horror, British horror anthology. And it ultimately turns out to be a time loop. Like, you get through the whole movie, and then the very... Last, the very ending is the reveal that it's a loop that goes on. Forever. Did you like it? I, it's a, but here, the thing is, it's a really silly movie. It's okay. the type of movie where only in Britain could it have <laughs> ever been considered a horror movie. No other country would be afraid of this. There's a scene where a goat, a ghost, sabotages a golf game. Like, it's like that type <laughs> oh, of geez. game. And, wow. um, and like a, a, a scene, uh, a one of the, it's like, it's, I think it's like six short films with like a, a framing sequence okay but each of the six short films has just like ridiculously silly stuff in it so it like really it never gets scared there's like one good scare in the whole movie but it also the time loop because the whole movie's so silly and because the time loop is like vaguely set up and then paid off at the very end again it's not the point and so there's other stuff to enjoy okay, that's yeah that sounds interesting yeah it's a, and like I said, silly as hell. So it's better it's than fun. this, though, in your opinion. Yeah, because like a uh, dead of uh, the thing with Triangle is, I mean, first that off, is, it's the whole movie is the time it's, loop. Yeah, yeah. it's like the whole movie was. I guess I feel like the game when Christopher Smith was writing this was just to try to make a movie. Oh, that was I thought a you were going to talk about the game, which is a great movie. Oh, the game is a great movie. The game is not. <laughs> a great movie. No, I know. Man, and if we went into like. You could almost, we could almost compare the game and Triangle in terms of, like, how both of them are kind of reflective of, like, video gaming. Like, (coughs) the game is more of, like, uh, in terms of a video game, like, a branching path video game where things are set up and you can react to them and there's clearly... Oh, like RPG? Yeah, like, they're they're guiding you certain ways, but if you do certain things different, you can get off, like, branching paths. And um, Triangle is much closer to, like... 
like a first person shooter or something where you're just like, all right, I died this time, but Go next back. time I'm just going right. to do it again because yeah, I know how to do it. Wait, a great, another right. great time loop movie is uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Or oh edge. yeah, but that's a Groundhog yeah. Day one. Yeah, actually, yeah. so that's why that's yeah. that's a great movie. Yeah, that movie was really good. I actually, liked it yeah, I liked it too. Yeah. Uh, and and source code though source code is uh, also oh my God, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Source, source code's code. ending is like such a oh my god. Yeah, I feel like oh, I haven't seen I a lot of it. Yeah. It ends oh. where he basically like lives in his like he's mental like, reality forever. Yeah, he, he's like a brain and then a torso and like that's it. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I remember? He basically goes to the Matrix at the end of Source yeah. Code. He's like, I'm just gonna take the red pill and I'll see you in the Matrix forever. <laughs> Wait, is that what the is the red? Yeah, okay. that's so, I think it's the red pill. Or it's the blue pill. If he stays in the matrix, yeah, blue pill. Bill, okay, so he takes uh, the blue pill. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, we gotta get that right. Yeah. <laughs> people, people are mad. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah right. I, source code really upset me. No wonder I I must have repressed the ending. <laughs> yeah, I remember at the end of that movie being like, "What?" Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, you know what though? I love Jake Gyllenhaal. What a good guy. I have to say, the movie, that movie has entirely been overshadowed by that Paul F. Tompkins bit about the movie where he's like, he put a Jeffrey Wright's performance. He's like, <laughs> let me out of this room. Let me out of this room. <laughs> 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 uh, okay, why is this called Triangle? Is it, I mean, because it's a, it's a three-parter? Yeah. I don't know. What? It's a well, movie made up of is threes. the boat named Triangle? The boat, yes, the boat yacht is named Triangle. And then her son is wearing a t-shirt with a triangle on it. <laughs> yep. You said you're gonna try to keep track of triangles. Yeah. You just like lose track of I lost one. Yeah, yeah, there's tons. There's, there's tons of things that could yeah. be. Triangles. Were there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, I was not paying that close attention. And like I said, I I'm pretty sure that it was supposed to be like Bermuda Triangle. Related because it's set in uh, off the coast of Florida. I don't know. I mean, that's just well, me yeah, guessing. And, and, and yeah. even uh, I was thinking about this, but in Lake Superior, the three sisters phenomenon, yeah, that and, talks about the power of three. And that basically, what the three sisters is, is Lake Superior is kind of in the shape of a triangle. And so, if you try to cross through the middle of it, there's this thing that will happen where the wind will kind of hit from all sides and waves will come from oh, wow. each side of the triangle and just basically yeah, just like push the water, you completely down. The water bouncing off the coast and they said like that's they think that's the way the Edmund Fitzgerald was ripped in half and sunk was that the first wave comes over and, and it's normal but okay. then the second wave before that first one clears adds more Starts. water okay. and then the third wave just pushes yeah. it down wow. and then yeah. it's done. That's crazy. Yeah. They call it the three sisters. The three sisters. Yeah. Alright. But, Interesting. Um, I, yeah, I don't really know what Power of Three. <laughs> Do you guys remember that Schoolhouse Rock song uh, Three is Magic Number? Oh. Three, oh, it's a magic number. <sighs> no. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's such a good song. There's a, there's a um, Schoolhouse Rock cover album and I want to say that maybe, no, it's not Pavement that covers it, but there's a really great rock band that covers the Three is a Magic Number song. Uh, oh, that's cool. Pavement covers No More Kings. That sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> that, sound, that title sounds like a favorite oh, yeah. song. Yeah. That's a good one. Anyway, okay, I, here's another problem that I had with this movie and all time loop movies is, so they reveal some of the future 
And they also reveal some of the past when they're doing the loop. Yeah. But they also feel the excessive need to tie up all loose ends of yes. anything that is referenced in the loop. Yeah. There's no mystery. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Movie, yeah, any movie that puts too clean of a bow on the ending is just, it's no fun. No. Because I, I, I There's nothing to imagination. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, that's, a perfect ending like that's like for like Shakespeare, like a Shakespearean comedy where like everyone has to get married at the end or something <laughs> like that. Like if you want just like a, like an experience of just like pure mindless pleasure, then yeah, sure, it should end that way. But if you're going to try to have a challenging film at all and you want people to like leave and puzzle over it, I think about, yeah. then you don't just be like, well, yeah, everything is like one solid loop, everything is covered, then everything will always happen. The end. Well, right. and that's a good point, Tony. You're saying, like, it leaves nothing to the imagination. Well, and this movie should, because... Right. There's a lot of room to do that. We don't, yeah, we don't know why Melissa George is in this time <laughs> yeah. loop. But at the end, you're like, okay, well, nothing's going to change yeah. for her, so who cares? It doesn't even matter. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even matter. Yeah, exactly. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a bummer. I think, honestly, my, like, largest problem with this movie... Probably doesn't even have to do with the time loop. It's the fact that, so when they, sh in the beginning, when they're showing her with her son and stuff, mm -hmm. and like we're getting kind of a glimpse of what her life is like, but then at the end when they, when we see her going through the exact same thing, but she's just a really shitty mom. Yeah. Really, the movie was just like lazy and just didn't want to show <laughs> us that at the beginning. It had nothing to do with time loop that we needed to figure it out. They're just like, oh, why don't we like not reveal this till the end? And this and, will be the big reveal. Yeah. <laughs> also, at the end, what is the purpose of her son being autistic? I know. I thought yeah. they were going to tie that in something. That is such a worthless character so <laughs> It is so... Oh, man. It made me really yeah. upset. Oh, yeah. Well, and especially because, like, part of me was like, well, maybe he's autistic because he sees his mom... Uh, he sees his mom murder, her, murder herself, or and when, when only he sees the mom outside and inside. Well, that wouldn't yeah. make, that wouldn't make him. No, I'm not saying no. Okay. You, they gotta let me finish. Yeah, okay. But um, <laughs> uh, my point is that if he is autistic, then maybe that's the sort of thing where they'd be like, "Oh, well, he's autistic. He just imagined that, or whatever." But if you're just gonna kill the kid right. five minutes later, then why? It could have been. It could have been like a twelve year old. Yeah. Really, like, yeah. mom, I can't believe you killed yourself. What's going on? You could have died. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah, it's yeah. It's just like, and it's it's not really offensive to me because it just doesn't even make any sense. It's like, almost just used as a way to like feel bad for her. Yeah, it's, like, it's almost uh, this, this character. That, that's actually the only characteristic they really attribute to Melissa George at the beginning is, oh, her kid's autistic. She, oh, yeah. be nice to her. Her yeah. kid's autistic. She's got like, it's rough. this huge, yeah, this huge, like, deep secret <laughs> yeah. burden. Well, and, and also, she, like, loves her son so much, but so, like, what? she only <laughs> could love her son that much if he was autistic. Like, right? <laughs> And yeah, and but she loves her son, and he's autistic. But she's gonna go sailing with her friends. Yeah, yeah. and peace still, out, son. Yeah. And still smacks him and yells at him. Yeah, and if she can't remember uh, what happened, and she's like, "Well, I my son, like all that." Remember, actually, not uh, here's a point. Almost <laughs> in the early parts where the where where uh, Rag says <laughs> like. Maybe in your reality, maybe in your world, this is happening. She says, my world is my son, and he's waiting at school. For Don't me to talk to up. me like you know my world. You but, don't know anything. But he's not. He's dead. Right. And she's and she knew that, that coming up to the 
the yacht. Yeah. Well, but did she? Because oh, that's she true. had that amnesia. She has that amnesia. It's like so that she, Shutter Island. I so think, she's like, just like, oh, right. Shutter Island. Yeah, oh. She's like, all right, I can't remember anything, but they're telling me that I said my son's at school. Right. So whatever. But at the same time, she's like, I love my son more than anything. I'll kill all of you. I'll kill all my friends. But to get then back to my it, son. that's the I'll kill myself that's to get my son. <laughs> That's the infuriating thing about the ending, though, is she clearly doesn't love her son because she's like exactly. slapping him. She's like, "You're so stupid. Why can't you be like other kids?" Yeah, and like the whole this. movie is just a trick. Yeah, she, I think she even, <laughs> right. yeah, I think she legitimately at the end of the movie says, "Why can't you paint like other kids?" Because oh, he's no, like, I he's, didn't hear that. He's no way. Because he's, <laughs> he's painting that that picture, and it actually it looks it really good. I can't paint that well. Yeah. It looks really good. It was like a rainbow or something. Yeah, I do remember. He's, he's like that, six, yeah. whatever. And and she's and he spills the paint water because he sees his other mom outside. And then she comes in the kitchen. She's like, "How dare you? You you're <laughs> suck at painting." Yeah. <laughs> oh my That's God. why the ending was so infuriating, infuriating because the whole movie you're led to believe like. Oh, she cares so much about her son. She's she loves her son, and then at the end, you're like, she doesn't give a shit yeah. about her son. But when she gets amnesia, she does like she reverts back right. to like automatic sainthood. Like a she, mom. she yeah. forgot how hard it is to have an <laughs> yeah. autistic son. I guess. Yeah, it takes the loop for her to realize. Oh, that's not your mom. That woman. <laughs> this is this is your mom. But then she almost starts to lose her temper again because that's what causes them to get in the yeah, car right. accident. Because <laughs> she's like the blood, the yeah. blood. Which okay. Again, it's gone, all right? Which, again, he doesn't need to be autistic. They could have just yeah. had, There's so many other ways like a car accident could happen. Right. Than, like an autistic kid screaming about blood. It's like a really long uh, Or any young kid that. would kind well, of be and, disturbed and by blood. Neither, and neither of them are wearing seatbelts, right? Nope. Nope. And also, she so she puts her dead body double in a body bag. In the trunk. And zippers it up, right? And zippers, yeah. zippers it up with other clothes. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. when they get in the car accident, the body is out of the body bag. <laughs> there's no Wrong. body bag anywhere. Wait, and isn't it like behind the car yes. too? Yeah. And there's people standing there looking at that and her and no one's like, hey, is that your, is that you? I yeah. think, is that your twin I sister? Think like that's anything? where the loop starts. Because she's standing outside of the car accident like she wasn't even in the car accident. Oh. Well, and the guy even comes up and is like, I'm your driver. Like, it's like really <laughs> ominous and weird. Maybe, just a maybe that's her, maybe that's her personal hell. Is oh. she's living in that loop. Oh. She's actually dead. Well, I'm amazed you said that because I have something to read related uh -oh. to that. Uh-oh. All right. So, I... It's Scholar Corner with Paolo Caron. So, I use I use Letterboxd, and Letterboxd is just a, uh, just a user review site. It's just IMDb without any information other than people's uninformed opinions, including my own. Uh, so, on the page for Triangle, I found this review, and I don't necessarily agree with it. I'm not smart enough, uh, but um, it, it... You're it, smart enough. It, fe it was interesting enough where I wanted to read it to you guys and anyone listening and see what you guys think of it. Okay, Are you so going to read the whole thing? I am going to read the whole thing because I have to. Oh, okay. And this episode's running short because we don't have much to say. We're, we're running really close to running out of things to say. Okay, so... Speak for yourself. So just like, yeah, think about this and I just want to hear what you guys think we're about We're probably going to interrupt you. All right. Okay. 
The following is not a review. Oh, and I should say, this is written by Letterboxd user Adam Cook. I don't know. I don't know. Adam. Good work. Cook. And I believe Adam Cook is the top user on Letterboxd. Oh so he has God. the most logged movies and most reviews. So Too many cooks. Yeah, so he... Uh, <laughs> okay. The following is not a review, but a crude interpretation of the events. It might not hold up to great scrutiny, but may be of interest to some. Triangle is a trip through the five rivers of Hades. In fact, the whole film is dripping in Greek mythology references. Ah. Now, some of the following is me trying to clumsily fit the film to a theory, but by and large, there is a rough correlation. One of those rivers, the Lethe, and I'm going to just phonetically pronounce everything so that you get the idea what I mean. The Lethe would explain her forgetfulness. It was the part of the journey that required the passengers to forget their earthbound lives in order to be reincarnated and reborn. The river would pass by Hypnos, the god of sleep, which points to why Jess fell asleep on the boat and why, upon waking, she remembered nothing. Ah. I also wonder if the seagulls could be a representation of Thanatos, the demon personification of death. Sisyphus, the man that cheated Zeus... Yeah, but she Zeus, kills a, ski- a seagull. That comes up, so hold oh. on. Uh, Sisyphus, <laughs> the man that cheated Zeus and death, and who is represented by Jess, outwitted Thanatos on a couple of occasions. Historically, his character is represented as a winged creature, and it would explain why seagulls were a repeated presence, especially near dead bodies. Jess outwits, Jess slash Sisyphus outwits Thanatos when she hits him with the car near the end of the cycle, Mm. if Thanatos is the bird. So So that's why she gets to keep trying? Yeah. So they travel along the Lethe, explaining both the forgetfulness and the sleep via passing the god Hypnos. Yet one other key component of the Lethe is that it offers the travelers the chance of reincarnation, too. Considering multiple versions of the characters keep turning up on the upturned yacht, this supports that interpretation. Mm. Yet there is more than just one river of Hades, which means, assuming we see most of their journey to Hades, they need to pass along the other rivers. Acheron, the river of pain... Man, this guy has thought a lot about this (laughs) movie. (laughs) I mean, I... I have not thought a lot about this movie. We just watched it, but, uh, wow. I know. Yeah. Well, and I totally get what he's saying because they even point out that the ship that they, or the cruise ship that they get on is named after the Greek god of wind. Yeah. And isn't he the, don't they say that he's the guy who. He's Sisyphus' father. Yeah, and he has to, like, roll the rock up the hill. Sisyphus, yeah, that's, that's Sisyphus' thing. Okay. He rolls the rock. Yeah. Um, but okay. Acheron, the river of pain, is where Sharon ferries the souls. Conventional wisdom would suggest all the rivers would at least be during the waterbound section of the film, but assuming the taxi driver who takes Jess to the boat is Sharon, the person who ferries the souls, then the road journey post-son's death would represent Acheron. It is also the period where Jess feels the most pain for the loss of her son. Uh, next, Kokitos, the river of sorrow, uh, which is most likely the section where Jess is driving with her son and kills the seagull, is a rather vague river, though, which is less definable than the others, so it could occur at some point on the cruise liner. Sticks would most comfortably fit the sections on the Aeolus because it is where souls are punished for eternity, and whilst the entire film is a loop, it is on the liner where this eternal loop is most apparent. So what did those other people she was on the boat with do to deserve to be caught in this time loop with her? Well, he kind of mentions this. I'm really close to done. Oh, okay. Which brings me on to uh, Phlegathon, the river of fire. 
It has similarities with sticks, but is where murderers stay. Unfortunately, I'm struggling to place where this would be in the narrative, perhaps when she murders herself at home, because, <laughs> but because of its similarities with the river sticks, it might not be so identifiable within the film itself. One thing I am struggling with is whether or not Greg is a significant Greek character or not. He invites all of the passengers onto the triangle, except for Heather, who tags along with friends. She disappears when the boat capsizes, and in parentheses he says, does she die or does she return to the upper world because she was not due to travel to the underworld? Greg can't be Sharon because he becomes tangled in the loop, but he could represent another Greek figure. And then he says, yeah. I, that's basically it. Adam, I feel like you're giving this director a lot of credit. Yeah. I feel like you've thought about this more than he did. <laughs> but who knows? Yeah, because, I mean, he does make some good points. Yeah. There's totally. a lot of good lineup. But it's still, even if it's true, it doesn't necessarily mean it's dramatically or emotionally satisfying. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's not. Yeah, and, and we were talking about Mulholland Drive before we watched this, and Mulholland Drive is a perfect example of a movie that doesn't even make sense necessarily the first few times you watch it, and it's still satisfying. Yeah. There's like elements outside of the plot that keep you coming back to solve well, the plot. Well, and it's so visually gorgeous, right. too. Yeah. That doesn't hurt it. Yeah. Triangle isn't awful looking, but it's not... It's not it's impeccably well, and, directed, and yeah. again, you know, if that is... If that's truly what this director's going for is the Greek the Greek mythology, there are so many other ways he could have conveyed it right. that would have been better and he didn't have to stick to the water theme. Yeah. Like I really think the water theme hurt the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well and it didn't add anything to the movie. Well, and this movie this movie had a twelve million dollar budget and they built the ship sets like oh it seemed yeah. like it and that's like you can tell that's like most of the money because it's they don't have a big crew and, and the whole thing is there so they spent all that money building that set yeah uh, because he said he wanted to use as little cg as possible <laughs> and yeah. says smart the, move says the guy with the cg seagull yeah <laughs> <laughs> that really bad shot of them standing on the yacht yeah. like waving Help us. <laughs> but yeah that money if he just like found like a cheaper location, yeah, I, like that money could have been put he got into caught, like the he got production caught design. in a time loop of using the money for oh building the ship, and then he couldn't get out of it. Nailed it. He's like, <laughs> if he gave like a synecdoche New York thing where he built like a ship inside the ship, <laughs> he's singing that U two song over and over. <laughs> Stuck in a moment, get, get out of it. Oh, me too. That's the theme. Isn't that the music video where they, like, there's bleach? Or is that the, oh that's God. a Sting music video, isn't it? I have no I idea. I think it's Brand New Day, and he, like, ends up selling bleach at the end of it. Sure. I'll trust you. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, do you guys have, Tony, do you have any stuff that you want to talk about? Um, is there anything left? <laughs> yeah, there's not much, because I just, I, uh, I had such a problem with this movie, honestly, by the end of it. <laughs> Just so frustrated, you stop like looking at details. And you're just like, God, fuck you. <laughs> well, yeah, because especially when they reveal like this whole thing is like, I kind of took it as like, oh, she's a bad mom and like she's trying really hard to become a better mom, but she won't ever become a better mom yeah. or something. It's like, all right, okay. fuck this. <laughs> she really jumps on the bandwagon of killing everyone very quickly. Yes. And because she's so against the, it, the movie does nothing to explain why she would change. They, 
her her thoughts. Yeah, they just kind of default to like she loves her son, and that just becomes like the excuse for everything. And there's just parts that don't make sense. So one one she okay, so I think it's the third loop then when she becomes bag person. Yeah. Okay, and then they do the whole fight again with her fighting herself, and then she ends up getting pushed off the side of the boat. Like, why didn't she just take off the mask and be like, uh, and explain it to that self? Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Because, like, she was, she, she was yeah, the one it was who was almost, aware of it. It was almost like she was obeying time loop rules that she invented for herself. Yeah. Yeah. Or was Wait. she trying to get off the boat? Or, or she... Yeah. Well, I, and I just thought of another thing. You, you remind me of something else. And maybe I missed it because I stepped out of the room for a moment. But do you remember during the second loop when she gives the the married couple the gun yes. and then the other version of her comes up was that in the third loop when, no when, where <laughs> right. is that other version of her come so from? there's three versions of her at yeah. one point on the on the ship right <gasps> yeah where yeah. does that come oh Paolo Wait, I is... totally forgot about that okay no um she's like Terminator mode then too. yeah well and like because she's got yeah that one that's very is, evil okay well then remember how there's like she watches herself. The, like she watches one during the second loop she watches the version of herself kill the bag version of herself. she also at one point watches from above herself use the axe to kill herself and she's not wearing the bag of her oh yeah that's what i'm talking about but during that part when she kills she actually does kill bag version of herself right that version must be the one that later kills the yeah, other two right. but it is. Why, like, if, why if she was working so hard to kill the person who's killing them, would that version become this other version? And then also, right. that's like the one loose end that's not yes. tied up. And now that we think about it, it's yes, a really big I, loose yeah, end. Exactly. Because where does she go? Right. She's not in the first loop. Weird. It makes no sense. They yeah. really lost it at that point. Yeah. But they do kill, right? So, so because once she falls off the boat and then ends up being the one that's washed up on shore. At that moment, there's only one of her. Well, on the boat, and right? there's infinite, <laughs> well, yeah. infinite her. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Oh God. So uh, one of the questions I wrote down while we were watching this was, "What kind of mood is this movie trying to set up?" Good question, because I asked Paula beforehand if it was scary. Yeah, and I and really couldn't. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, it was it, not scary. No, it yeah. was not. Well, it I didn't want to be like to set that tone. At, yeah. Because that's, that's yeah. the reason why I don't want to be like, oh, absolutely not. Because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's clearly trying to be like a slasher front. <laughs> yeah. During like the first 30 minutes, it's up until the moment where you realize there's a loop. It does seem like there's just a slasher movie. Because I remember you guys being like, wow, we're a third of the way through the movie and everybody's dead? How are <laughs> yeah. they going to get out of this one? Yep. <laughs> Weren't you disappointed to find out? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, um, and then what was the tone of yeah, I don't know. With this Because thing, and I think I think that's the real problem is those two things weren't defined and that's why at the end of the movie you're like, what did I, what? Yeah, what do I feel about right? this? <laughs> you're just like so busy trying to solve the movie that you never for a moment are like, man, I, and you don't care about the characters. So like when it's and ends, that's you're like that's one of the issues I had with time crimes. Yeah. With, even though time crimes, the logic makes sense, it looks really good, the loops and everything all work, it doesn't really set any type of tone or, like, you don't learn anything at the end. There's definitely a mood in time crimes. I'll yeah. say that, but... 
Yeah. Yeah, but this this does a way worse job than even than Time Crimes does because yeah, it it kind of is just absent of both of those things. Unless yeah, like confusion is the yeah, it's just trying for. for too many different types of tones. I feel like yeah, this movie's like a choose your own adventure where you just keep <laughs> choosing the same thing over and over. Every page just makes you go back to the first page. <laughs> I used to have this choose your own adventure that had a lot to do with shrinking and becoming and becoming the size of a grasshopper. That was a good one. That sounds cool. I had a bunch of goosebumps ones. And <laughs> the nice thing about goosebumps ones was you could die in them, which is like Whoa. <laughs> so it was like it was like really important to pick the right page. <laughs> yeah, I bet. But you can always cheat. Oh yeah, I always cheat. But it was like oh, you like yeah. I died. I remember when I was a kid, you 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 it'd be like. If you want to choose this, skip to page 47. If you want to choose this, skip to page 19. And I'd always, like, sneak to page yeah. 47 to be like, am I going to die? Am I going to die? Nope. Those are so fun. I wish... I was going to say, I wish there was an equivalent, but that's what video games actually right. <laughs> are. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. It's true. Um, well, and if you guys don't have any, like, other major things to bring up, I just kind of want to bring up this one random... Small thing that I was just kind of wondering Actually, about. I add another thing. So, I realized about ten minutes into this movie that I don't really like movies about boats. <laughs> I don't. I, I could only... So think, not Deep Rising? Okay, Deep Rising doesn't count because it's not about the boat. It's okay. not about the boat. Well, this isn't about the boat either. Well, but it takes place entirely... And All is Lost is great. Okay, but that's what I was going to say. The only movie I can think of that I really like that is... Is All is Lost really good? It's yeah, awesome. All is Lost is great. But All is Lost is is like a one-man show. Yeah, All is Lost is its own beast. It's like... <laughs> yeah. yeah. But anyway, like, even even Titanic. Like, Titanic... is really stupid. <laughs> yeah, Titanic, no. Uh, and I, I, I've told Paula this a million times, but I hate Poseidon Adventure. Yeah, I... My parents used to watch it all the time when I was little, and I, the idea of being trapped in a boat that's flipped upside oh, down is, like, the scariest thing yeah. in the world. Why would I want to <laughs> right. watch that movie? No, I got it, I got it. I have to admit that the first time I saw it when I was a little kid and Gene Hackman drops in the fire to like kill it, I was like, man, how is he going to get out of this? Yeah, like, I was like, I think that, that was the first is... movie I ever saw where I was like, where someone famous who's the lead died and I like could not wrap my head around yeah. the idea of it. Like, that, uh, he'll, he'll be back. I think Poseidon Adventure is the reason that I have a slight distaste for Gene Hackman. Besides like Heartbreakers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, Gene Hackman's kind of like a a notorious asshole. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say I've, heard a, I've read a lot of horror stories you about guys, that dude. You guys have heard about how on the set of Royal Tenenbaums, he was like always like picking on Wes Anderson. Yeah. He'd, be like, he'd tell him to like pull his pants yeah, off. Yeah, he's not like a pussy. Yeah, he's doing the And to the point where they had to have Bill Murray on set. To, well, Bill Murray volunteered to be on set to make sure Wes Anderson oh wouldn't get beaten up. Aww, <laughs> poor Wes. <laughs> Aww. Dick, jeez. But again. How great is Bill Murray? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't Bill Murray kind of a dick? Bill Murray's a dick in that way where he's just like so cool that yeah. if you <laughs> he's aren't like ready a, for he's, it. Isn't he like a secret misanthrope? Oh no, he's a public misanthrope. Oh, okay. But he's he's in that way where he's like, listen, I just want to have fun, and if you guys like me and you're not jerks about it, I'll have fun with you. And so yeah, he's like a misanthrope like you're a misanthrope. Oh yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yep. Was that your last big point? Do you have something about about boats? You know, about triangle. About triangle. Um, okay. Well, the thing I wanted to bring up, and this might have we might not have anything to say about it, but I just 
Uh, okay. Because all of us have worked on movies, and so we all understand that, like, for the most part, especially in something this big budget, when something appears in the movie, it's intentional. Mm-hmm. It, there's there's a reason for it. Especially if it involves people. Because you don't pay a bunch of people <laughs> to do something unless there's, like, they're, like, it's really important. And so, what is the deal with the marching band uh, oh, that's performing yeah. when the car crashes? Oh, Why is that there? Because they, they not so all, many extras, know, tons, tons of extras in full costumes with props because they all have instruments, and they mix it so that the sound carries over. So it's not like just oh, it's in the background, an accident, and they happen to be there while filming. They're like, hey, be in the background, it'll be cool. They like went through the effort of like getting the sound and in post-production mixing it so it's like constantly in the background. Okay, I don't, I can't, I can't remember what they were playing, but is it a chance that they were playing the song that was on the record? Hmm. They were, well, the record, yeah. <laughs> the record was Anchors Away. Anchors, okay. Man, so right. were they playing that? Maybe. And so if if that's what they were playing, then that's at least like okay. right, they were consistent. Oh, it's like a waste of right. time like and effort. It, that didn't even stick out like the music to be like, oh, that was the same music. Yeah, that, I mean we can't even remember it, so right. it couldn't it, have been that important. Yeah. And even I, if, yeah. the only reason I can think that the marching band was there is that they needed a bunch of witnesses to the car. <laughs> yes. But if you remember, they show a bunch of other non-marching yes. band yeah, extras that's there true. too. And but they show that one girl in the color guard who's looking at the car crash. She's got her flag. Yeah. Oh, right. She's leaning and against that her American flag because yeah. it's shot in the United States. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and these are all American actors. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely not shot in Australia. Do you have a theory of why that marching band was there? No, I just, that's exactly why I wanted to point out, I was like, why the fuck did they waste their time doing this? So many people. Maybe there was just a school nearby, and they were practicing, and he was like, hey, you guys want to be in my movie? Maybe that was his high school. But even still, they had to give him that American flag, and be like, well, no one's going to believe this is an American marching band, let's give him an American flag. American marching bands don't practice in a public field. Yeah, there's just like... Okay, so we did discover two loose ends in this movie that we did not solve. Right. So, that's something. I think there's a third loose end. <clears throat> there has to be. I it's think the triangle. third loose end is her son. Yeah, her son. And I guess when the body rolls overboard and all the birds are eating it, but then when she tries to show uh, Victor <laughs> yeah. the body, it's just gone. And then she hits the birds with the apple. Right? That perfect throw. Yeah, Yeah, because what was that? That I thought they were going to start playing into her like mental, like she was losing it. but Or even just like, because I, I'd figure like he could see it. Yeah, actually that makes no logical sense yeah. because it, when Sally dies, her bodies stick around. But when Danny dies, his body just disappears after a while from the water? Yeah, even though they were, like, looking at it. It's like, she sees it, she turns and is like, Victor, look! And then Victor doesn't see it. Because it's Wait. gone. It's oh. completely gone. Yeah, it is gone. But, and the, but the seagulls are still there. Right. It's out in the water. And it should be there. Yeah. Because they do so... In the second loop, I think, her pulling Danny's body and throwing it off. Yeah. Okay, so... And also the second loop is when all the stuff is piling up, too. There should be, like, hundreds of... I was gonna say, if if the film follows its own logic, there should be tons of Danny's bodies in the water. Good lord. Yeah. This movie's a mess. (laughs) I think probably because we're picking at it. 
We're really thinking at it, but I not mean, as much as that. This movie, though. this movie's like a sweater. If you grab, if you grab the the one <laughs> string, it just unravels the whole sweater. Yeah. Like it really. There's no like. It's not. This movie isn't a movie where you can be like, well, I kind of like it. Like <laughs> some parts work, some parts didn't. You kind of you're all in or you're yeah. all out. Uh, okay, so here's what I will say as a wrap up about this movie because I figure we're gonna wrap. Yeah, up. let's wrap. It. <laughs> I, I, despite everything I have said so far, I love time loop movies. I'm like a big, huge fan of the genre. I will watch them. I will totally fall for them. But the thing is, they fall into two extremes. Either good or terrible. There's no, like, middle ground time loop movies. And... I think I, what I wish is if people were going to really make a time loop movie, if they're like, you know, this is the kind of movie I want to make, this is the thing I'm going for, then just put a little bit more right. thought and yeah. effort into it. Yeah. Make it a little bit more purposeful. Like, there are so many moments in Triangle. Like, the whole thing, the thing that I just keep thinking of that just drives me nuts is the keys. So, <laughs> she, she finds her keys in the cruise ship. And she's like, oh my god, how did my keys get here? And then she has her keys with her. And then later, she drops her keys. So, okay, first of all, her keys are only there because later in loop two, she has them and she drops them. So how did they get on the cruise ship in the first place? Yeah, did she, yeah. like, always? Eh, yeah, no. It's, right, so because then, it plays so, into the reason why she was hiding there was because she was aware of the loop. Yeah, so, so. yeah, I mean, that, that doesn't work in and of no. itself. But also, why keys? Why couldn't, <laughs> why couldn't it be anything else? Like, why couldn't it be something to do with Heather, the character that they I just wish. let drown and forget about? Why oh, couldn't it have good. anything to do with her son? Like, yeah. The keys have a picture of her son, but... Who gives a shit? Yeah. So does her locket. Yeah. Yeah. She's got two pictures of her son. Yeah. Her son, who she's a terrible mother to. And that whole but she bit, really loves him. And that whole bit when she gets the keys and she's like, this is my house key and this is the... And it's like, okay. that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You're saying that doesn't Yeah, they're anything. all just keys. Yeah. It's just keys. The only, so, like, she could have just gone, so look, see my son's picture. Right. And then the, you don't have to spend the time with like, the keys. Like, you know yeah. who I would love to see do a time loop movie is David O. Russell. Oh, that would be David Russell would make a purposeful, poignant, and thoughtful time loop movie. Yeah, like I heard Huckabee's. Did you guys like era, that movie? Oh, I I love that movie. Okay, well, it's okay. one of my favorite I movies. Oh yeah, it's absolutely because that's another too. movie where it's like you, God, people can... love it or people despise <laughs> I it. And, and I love that and that's movie. That's a movie yeah. where the logic is so great. It is. Like, yeah. 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 Hitler. <laughs> 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 it's oh yeah, it's hilarious and it's like really interesting and complex and all of the loose. I mean, it's yeah, it's not really a time loop movie, but it it takes an extreme. It basically it takes existentialism. But it is a time loop right. movie because everything is everything. Oh, it's actually, all part of the cloth. It's all yeah. part of the. No, actually, no. Weirdly, and I really wish I had done any research on this because I can't really talk about it right now. But no, movie is also arguably a sort of time loop movie. Hmm. What? Inside Lewin Davis. I never saw it. Uh, okay. Remember the whole thing with the cat. Oh yeah. It's like that's why I said like I haven't seen it recently enough to really well argue it and maybe if anyone's listening you if you're interested think about it. But uh, do it think about it for me and, and let me know. Uh, but 
I will kind of piggybacking off what you said as your final thought about like time loops. I will pretty much always watch a time travel movie because it's yeah. it's 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 like a really complicated scientific well, not scientific science fiction right. idea. It's intriguing to see how that person's going to do it. Yeah, it's, it's it says a lot about the filmmaker and uh, there's yeah it, a lot of the really terrible ones either just they suffer from a lack of thought or a lack of creativity or just being generic. Right. Um, it time loop movies. It's a much smaller genre, but it basically has the same problem as horror where most people think that just because they have a clever concept that it covers everything else. Uh, and it's real it's like har- way harder to do it right than it is to yeah. yeah. The the greatest way to succeed I think with a time loop movie is either to be very vague or to lay out all of the logic. Yeah. You can't have some rules and not other rules. Like you you can't just pick and choose what what works in your universe. Yeah. Yeah. You have to either be completely vague and have like no rules or lay out the rules and, and time crimes it, basically. Yeah. Time crimes that are Groundhog Day yet. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, because yeah, Groundhog Day doesn't explain why there's a time loop. It just nope. happens. Or and you accept it. Or go really far in the time crimes where I go primer with it where oh, it's yes. just like you're so bogged down in minutia that you forget you're watching a time travel movie. Yeah. 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 Good lord. Yeah, so... Uh, I would encourage anyone who makes films to make a time loop movie because they're they're really fun to watch. But just try. Try harder. But they can also be really frustrating, so just... I second that. Third yeah. it, whatever. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts? Um, even though I'm exhausted from it, I would, I would still... Well, I would still recommend this movie to people. Just would because, you? Yeah. I think so. Just because it's a movie... It sucks, but it's yeah. fun to watch. Yeah. It's fun to watch it's, this thing unravel. Oh, it's certainly an experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, That's yeah. Thing. yeah. It's kind of the whole thing. It's almost like it's almost like drinking way too much. Where it starts <laughs> out awesome. You're like, yeah. I can't wait to see where this goes. And the end, you're like, oh, why did right. I drink yeah. so much? <laughs> and like the whole movie, like the, I felt at times like, oh, I don't know where this is going to go. And then it would you know, take a little spin. And I was like, oh, I didn't see it going there. But then it comes back into being like, yeah, <laughs> you know where it's going to go. But yeah, I don't know. Like you said, it's an experience. It's a good experience. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's even... What would I even yeah, Paolo, teach about this? What's a teachable lesson? Um, we could teach everyone that Melissa George should not be a lead actress. That, that's your teachable lesson. No, mine was time loop movies are great. I thought that was just your closing thing. Okay, that's well, that's yeah, no, that was your closing thing. You have to have a, a teachable lesson. I don't care. We're eventually going to get this down where you do it automatically. <laughs> I was trying to do it. All right. That was well, my attempt. You, well, like I said, that was a closing thought. Your teachable lesson is that Melissa George... uh, My teachable (laughs) thought is always an actor or actress that I like or don't like. That's a teachable moment, though. I know. (laughs) I know, but with frequency, I was like, Dennis Quaid is great. That's it. That's all I said. So I wanted my closing thought to be my teachable moment. All right, well, that's not how it works, but eventually we'll, we'll figure this out. Uh, uh, you're creating rules that don't make sense, nope. just like trying. Oh, nope. man. This rule has always been in place, and we've done it successfully, <laughs> though we've struggled through it many times. But um, I guess my teachable lesson would just be that, like we kind of said, the CG is terrible in this uh, sometimes, um, and sometimes it's not, but the CG kind of, I would have to say, would ultimately be preferable to how much money they wasted on a set that really didn't 
matter. It wasn't really a well-defined location. And if you, like Carrie, as Carrie said, uh, everyone, sh it would be cool if everyone was trying to make these types of movies. But if you are going to make something that's conceptual, yeah, make, uh, that's what, okay, there we go. There's my point. Primer, uh, this movie, Triangle is $12 million and Primer is seven, costs $7,500. And uh, Primer, the all the effort went into writing it and making sure that the ideas held up and so basically, no matter how the movie turned out, and thankfully it turned out really well, because Shane Carruth happens to be surprisingly gifted as a filmmaker, but he didn't know he was going to be gifted as a filmmaker when he made it. He had never made anything before that, and he just, just strengthened his ideas, made sure everything worked, because no amount of fancy set design or production design or good special effects covers a completely empty experience like especially if you can't get anything emotionally out of it then i mean this is basically everything anyone said about any shitty wachowski movie that's come out Ugh. is that it's all just a shock and awe and you never have uh, anything to feel during that and so you just when it's done you're like what the fuck i just <laughs> where was i <laughs> where was i for three hours yeah the wachowskis are like one step I mean, well, there are a couple steps below David Lynch in that their <laughs> movies look really pretty, but they mean nothing. Yeah. They're not even, like, at least with David Lynch, you're challenged and you're like, what's going on? What? And you're trying to figure it out and it seems like there's real substance there. There's no substance to the Wachowskis. And if they ever heard this, this is probably the only time anyone has ever compared that to David Lynch. Yeah, <laughs> it's well, really, really we flattered. were just talking about Mulholland Drive and I was thinking about how... Like, okay, so I just watched Sense8, and it looks really good, but it's just completely worthless. Yeah. I enjoyed Sense8. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> I, did. Yeah. I, I mean, I watched all of it, but it, the whole series is just, you see every yeah. character experience the same thing. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have a lot of substance. I mean, it, it definitely, I feel like... I would love if... Sense Eight went the route of fringe and added some depth to okay. their sci-fi. Yeah. But there's no depth in Sense Eight. It's all just like we share these experiences, yeah. and we're all gonna watch each yes. other share the experiences. That's very true. Like the whole scene where they all watch themselves get, like give birth. Yeah. What? That, that was pretty nuts. <laughs> like, why did we need to watch that? <laughs> it, very, it looked really good. It did. But it didn't thing. Yeah, it had no purpose with the story at all. Yeah. Anyway. Tony, do you have a teachable moment? Um, I guess my teachable moment would kind of be going off of what you said, but also going back to my biggest problem with feeling tricked by them just removing certain things in the beginning editing yeah. and mm, yeah. and just revealing it at the end rather than like you don't the the beginning is the exact same as the ending. They just decided not to tell us that she was a bad mother. Not like we see something in the beginning and be through this process of the loop, we come to determine that she's a bad mother mm -hmm. through something else. They were just lazy and like, oh, let's just not show it in the beginning. Yeah, it's a big so it felt, it felt, yeah, it felt too manipulated, you know? Yeah. Obviously, editing and writing, you have to manipulate for your audience. But this was just like in a lazy way almost. Yeah, there's a, there's a difference between like, uh, skillful manipulation and right. cheating. Right. And it's and definitely, this is on the cheating side. Yeah. yeah. I felt cheating. What's another good cheating movie? 
I, I immediately oh, thought of like M. Night Shyamalan. My, the one I think of, my go-to example for cheating is The Bone Collector. Oh, yeah. Because The Bone Collector is essentially a murder mystery where they reveal at the very end of the movie that the murderer was this minor supporting character that was in the background of two scenes all along. And you, the whole time oh, they're like trying God. to solve it and it's just like, it was me, the medical technician. And then like, you're like, and then he starts like giving his backstory at like, in like with 10 minutes after the movie. And you're like, it's too late. You Wait, can't. Who's in the Bone Collector? It's, it's Denzel Washington Denzel, yeah. and oh. Angelina Jolie. Okay, I yeah. have seen it. I was going to say, this sounds extremely familiar. Yeah, it's just like that yeah. ending is like. Does oh. he collect bones? God, that was a really upsetting ending. <laughs> yeah, I think the Bone, I can't remember why it's called the Bone Collector, but it's not a good reason. It's no. a bad movie. But uh, yeah, so yeah, I, that's. That's a good point. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, you shouldn't cheat your audience. No. Especially when you're already going to be cheating with your time loop. Yeah. <laughs> Double cheat. All right, so now I have to come up with another teachable moment. No, you're good. But you're on, you're on, you're I'm on probation. probation. <laughs> Fair enough. When am I not on probation? You're never on probation. <laughs> I'm always breaking the rules. Breaking the rules. <laughs> I'm a rule breaker. All right. Well, on that note, uh, uh, this has been the Secret Cinema. I'm Paolo. <laughs> I'm Carrie. I'm Tony. Thanks for listening. The Secret Cinema is produced and edited by Paolo Caro. All theme songs were performed and recorded by Ricardo Ortiz. Any additional music or samples come from the film covered on this week's episode. All logos and artwork created by Carrie Chafee. You can follow Carrie on Instagram at Carrie Saw This and see more of her artwork at www.carriechafee.com. You can watch Paolo's short films at vimeo.com slash paolocarone or read more of his ramblings about film at letterbox.com slash paolocarassles. The Secret Cinema is a commentary and criticism podcast and its use of film dialogue and film